morning, Ladderwall Church. How are you today? Hope you're doing well. I want to thank Pastor Reggie for uh, asking me to speak today. Uh, can we thank God for Pastor Reggie? Uh, thank God for Pastor Reggie. Amen. However, I would give a week's salary to see him do the waltz. I wouldn't. Maybe someday he could show us that, and, and that would be wonderful if he did that. Praise God. Amen. One of my uh, favorite stories in the Bible is when uh, Joshua and Israel were about to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land. <clears throat> and uh, they came to the Jordan River, and they were about to walk over. And the Lord said, sanctify yourselves, and tomorrow we're going to go over. And, and he said, listen, you haven't passed this way before. And I love that phrase because in many things in our life, we haven't passed this way before. <clears throat> a lot of things are new to us. A lot of things are different for us. And, but that's why we have God. That's why we have his presence, praise God. But here they are at the foot of the Jordan River, ready to go over. And I can imagine many of them there who, uh, uh, who even heard of that when, Mo, when, uh, when the Lord opened up the Red Sea. Remember when they opened the Red Sea? Moses was there at the Red Sea, and God did a miraculous thing. He just opened up the Red Sea. Moses lifted up his rod, and, and the Red Sea opened up automatically, and that was wonderful. But this time, something's a little bit different. See, sometimes God doesn't work the same way all the time. He doesn't do the same thing all the time. And sometimes he's so different. That's why we can't box him in. That's why we can't uh, 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 limit him. So how, how were they going to cross it this time? So the Word of God says, well, listen, God says, listen, I'm going to open up that Jordan River so you can cross over, but I'm not going to open up automatically. I want you to get the priest who hold the ark and have them put their foot in the Jordan first. Have them have a, a step of faith first. And when I see that faith to obey me, then I'm going to open up the Red uh, excuse me, then I'm going to open up the Jordan River. But God says, you, you, you go first. This time you go first. Let me, let me, that, that faith in, in what I said to do that will happen, put that faith into action. Put legs on that faith. And you put your foot in Jordan, and I'll open up that Jordan River. And that's exactly what they did. The foot of the priest. And so many times, listen, <clears throat> God has us wait on him. Absolutely. We wait on him in faith and patience, obeying him. Absolutely. If God says wait, we wait. Amen. But there are times where God is waiting on us. There are times when God says something to us, inspires us, puts something in our hearts, a, a command uh, uh, to do something, to say something, to go somewhere, whatever. And sometimes we know what to do, but sometimes we, we kind of linger back. And God says, wait a minute, I, you know what to do. I'm waiting for you to put that foot in the Jordan. I'm waiting for you to, to step out in faith, especially when you know what you need to do. Especially when I spoke to you by my word or, or however God would speak to your heart, that when you know you're inspired by God's word. And sometimes what we do is we kind of hold back a little bit. And we say, God, you go first. And God says, no, you go first. And then we go to God and say, no, God, you go first. I'll follow you. And, it, and it's easier to follow God, and that's good. What happens when he says, take that step of faith? It's time to step out in faith and trust me that I know what I'm doing. I'm God. No fear, no anxiety, no worry. Put all the results, all the consequences in his hand. <clears throat> There's a Psalm uh, 39, if you could turn there. We'll have it up on the screen as well. Uh, we're going to pray together, but I just want to set the stage a little bit here. In Psalm 39 by David, <clears throat> it's a very interesting psalm. Where in Psalm 39, in verses 1 to 3, he says this. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle when the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred in me. 
my heart was hot within me, and while I was musing or while I was meditating, the fire burned. In other words, here's a man who, in David, his first verse, he's saying, I, I held back. I, I was silent. I didn't speak up. I didn't muse. I just held everything back, and, and he had a check in his heart and, <clears throat> because in verse 4, he changes everything. In verse 4, he says, Lord, make me to know my end. He says, Lord, what is the measure of my days, God, that I may know how frail I am? Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths and my ages as nothing before you. <clears throat> Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. He gets a check in his heart and he says, well, wait a minute, my, my life is so short. My, my, my days are so short on this earth. What am I doing being silent? What am I doing holding back? Especially when I know <clears throat> what God put on my heart. Why, why am I, my, my, my time is so short. And people, isn't that so true? The days are going by so quickly. It's, it's, I don't want to sound cliche, but how fast things are going. But yet we get to sing in our heart where we're still kind of waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for the heavens to open. <clears throat> we're waiting for the earthquakes. We're waiting for all these things. And God says, wait a minute. I put something on your heart. Get up and do it. Trust me that I know what I'm doing. I think he says something so profound in Psalm 39. And he says in verse 7, he says, And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Lord, what am I waiting for? I'm, I'm waiting for to get all my ducks in a row. I'm waiting until I'm absolutely ready for this thing. You'll never be ready. You'll never have all your ducks in a row. But when God says to go forward in the things he put in the heart, you've got to stop holding back and, and start saying to himself, wait a minute, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for to, <laughs> to love him more? What am I waiting for to, to serve him more? What am I waiting for to know him more? What am I waiting for to speak God's word that he gives me to, to my loved ones, to people? What, what am I waiting for for this ministry? What am I waiting for to, to serve in church? What am, I, what am I waiting for? And sometimes we catch ourselves just kind of just waiting for, for something to happen. God says, you put your foot in the Jordan. You know what to do. I put this thing on your heart. You know what to do. <clears throat> so many times in the word of God, he says, rise up, get up, go forward. He says that because sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we get kind of comfortable in our Christianity, and it's okay, and we're doing okay, and God says, no. God says, I want that zeal to burn in your heart. I want that fire to burn in your heart. Don't get comfortable in the things of God. Joshua, when <clears throat> he was crying over the defeat of Ai, Ai was a little small town, and they should have won that battle, but Ai defeated them. And, God's, and Joshua was crying at the time when they came back defeated. And, and God says to Joshua, and again, I'm paraphrasing, God said to Joshua, stop crying. Get up and deal with sin in the camp. Get up and deal with the sin. And, and get going and get forward. I remember when Moses was about to cross that Red Sea, <clears throat> God came to him and says, Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to go forward. See, God always goes forward, especially when we don't know where to go forward. Because he follows, he leads us, praise God. Amen? <clears throat> Joshua, God said to him, listen, walk around at Jericho. Just, just, just be quiet and, and march. Just shout and march. See, we don't have to figure God out. Isn't that good? We don't have to figure out how he's going to work <clears throat> or exactly what he's going to do. Joshua, just, just shout and, and march. 
and obey me and, and go forward. Go forward in that thing. And Gideon, break that jar and let the light shine and I'll bring the victory in the most impossible of ways. But go forward. Don't sit back and, and wait for the, uh, <coughs> for the armies to be all set. No, don't do that. I remember Jesus was in the temple. <coughs> he was in the temple and, and there was a man with a withered hand. And he wanted to heal that withered hand. And he didn't heal that withered hand just by itself. He said, stretch forth your hand. Stretch it out to me. G give me what you got. Give that to me. Stretch it out. And I'll heal you. Take that step of faith. And, <coughs> and sometimes we've got to stretch out a whole lot of things without stretching out to God. Why? Because he wants to do miracles, and he has such a wonderful plan for our lives. He has such a wonderful thing for, for how our lives for the rest of our days. And he's glorified by our faith. He's glorified when we, when we trust him, when we believe him, when we step out in that faith. He's glorified in that, praise God. I think the greatest faith in David is not when he killed Goliath, but when he ran to Goliath. I love that. He ran to Goliath, the faith that makes us run into the battle, the faith that makes us face that, that impossible thing that we don't cower back. Why? We've got a, an amazing God. We've got a God who's unstoppable, an un, un, amazing God, unsearchable, who could do so many things. We should never cower when a devil rises his head and tries to defeat us. We should never cower. Why? Not when we've got a God like we have. See, faith sometimes runs into things like that. Faith says that giant's going down <clears throat> in Jesus' name. Let me get some water here for a second. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> Boy, you think they would open up the bottle for me. Huh? I would open up the bottle. <laughs> it's best. <clears throat> New ministry, bottle openers for Pastor Ramsey. See, sometimes God's got to do a little shaking to move us forward, doesn't he? Sometimes God's got to shake things up to move us forward. Sometimes God, God's got to shake things up to help us to believe him in faith, praise God. Why don't you turn to the Bibles where we're going to be for the rest of the day. In Mark chapter 5, let's go there. In Mark chapter 5, we're going to read this. I'm going to have you stand as we read this. But in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, I want to speak about that woman with the issue of blood. <clears throat> so if you could stand right now in honor of preaching the word of God and reading the word of God, I'm going to read Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34. And again, I'm reading out of the, the New King James. <clears throat> now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I'm, I shall be made well. And immediately... The fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Father, we just come before you today, Lord God. And we bow at your word, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord God. And Father, today we seek truth. 
We seek to know you more, Lord God. We seek your presence more than ever, Lord God. And by your word, God, I thank you that you speak to us today, Lord God. That, Father, thank you that today that you help our faith, God. You help us to go forward, Lord God. That, Father, today you help us to know what things that we do need to accept in our lives and what things do we need not need to accept in our lives, God, by you, Lord Jesus. So, Father, I thank you today for faith, faith that honors you and faith that glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Here you have this woman, 12 years hemorrhaging. <clears throat> and, and you know the story, very common story. It's spoken about a lot. <clears throat> and she was hemorrhaging, and she went to doctors, and she grew worse. She wasn't getting any better at all. And she grew worse for, for 12 years. For 12 years, there was no answer. For 12 years, it, it was incurable. It was a terminal issue. For 12 years, she had no hope. There was no way out. 12 years, imagine that. Going to this doctor and that doctor and trying this and trying that. And nothing could work. She grew worse. Worse than ever before. Imagine how she must have felt. But she wasn't only sick because of uh, her, her bleeding. She was unclean. She was ritually unclean in that society. And if you were unclean, you were separated from society. You were separated from family. You were separated from relationships. She was all alone because she was unclean. And when you were unclean, you're, you live life inwardly. You're over there. You live life in the shadows. And you're not connected. You're not, you're not supposed to be with people. You're not supposed to touch anybody. Nobody's supposed to touch you. Imagine her, her, her loneliness. Imagine just living in the shadows all of her life, being untouchable. In Leviticus chapter 15, it speaks about the woman being unclean, and all that she touches is unclean. And so, so not only was she hemorrhaging and sick, but she was alone, and she was separated, and she was disconnected from the whole of society. Wherever she went, they, she was alone. But see, something about this woman, when I, when I read it, was so striking that <clears throat> her bleeding was, was covered. It wasn't like bleeding in her head. It, it, was, it was covered, and it, and it was hidden, her bleeding, her hemorrhaging. Uh, no one could really see the level of her suffering, and no one could understand the depth of her pain because no one could really see it except maybe those who knew her. And sometimes it's what hit me. Just sometimes it's just like us. See, sometimes we're bleeding too, maybe not physically, <clears throat> maybe emotionally we're bleeding, maybe spiritually we're bleeding, maybe those wounds that have been inflicted on us are, are, are bleeding and, and hemorrhaging. And sometimes we try to do all these things to fix it and, and nothing seems to work. And sometimes we find ourselves maybe sometimes even disconnected as well, <clears throat> hemorrhaging and emotionally. And, and maybe where, where do we go when we look for the remedy of our bleeding? Where do we go when we look for, for our hurts and sorrows to be mended? Where, where do we go? Do we go to Christ or do we go to this and we go to that? See, every time we go to man, just like this woman, we come up empty. And listen, there's something that man does that is good, and, but it's so limited. But the things of God are, are permanent. The things of God are real. The things of God are powerful. Man doesn't have the strength to face the things that we face sometimes. So where do we go when we're bleeding? Where do we go when we're hurt? Where do we go when the world blows up in our face? Where do we go when the thing that we so prayed for would not happen, happens? And sometimes we find ourselves bleeding as well. But we've come up empty. So here this woman in verse 27 of, Matthew, of Mark 5, here's this woman, word of God says she, she heard about Jesus. Imagine that. She, she heard about Jesus. That's why it's so important for us to speak Jesus, that somebody hears us. 
See, someone needs to, to hear our words sometimes. Someone needs to hear uh, about Jesus. That's why talk to Jesus about our family, our friends, whoever it may be, because someone needs to hear about Jesus. And you'll never know who needs to hear about Jesus. Sometimes the, the hardest heart, the person you think is so far away from the Lord, needs to hear it the most. <clears throat> Speak Christ. Don't be embarrassed. <clears throat> Don't be afraid. Because somebody needs to hear. Somebody needs the words that God will put on your heart. Just like we needed to hear it from somebody. Amen? So here's this woman. She, she hears about Jesus. And she hears about his works. Maybe she heard about what he would speak about. And something touched inside of her. Something, she got inspired. Something went off in here. Oh, I, oh, I remember when I, when, I, when I got saved. <clears throat> and I grew up uh, uh, in a denomination, a Catholic denomination all my life. And I, I, I knew these traditional things, but I really didn't know God, so to speak. But when I heard about Jesus... When I heard about the truth, when I, when I read the Bible, when I, when I heard pastors, when I heard sermons, something inspired in me. Something started to, to change me. And, and, and that led my, my path to eventually get saved, and, and the rest is history. But she heard about, what do we do when we hear about Jesus? Does it inspire us? Does it go deep down inside where it starts to change, or is it business as usual? <clears throat> or is it? You know, that's a nice story, that's good, and we're going to go watch a game later on, and I'll see you later. No. See, when we read the Word, when we hear a sermon, when we hear anything about Christ, it's got to do something inside. It's got to draw us to Him. We've got to see differently that we have a mighty, wonderful Savior who loves us and wants to work in our lives, praise God. See, this woman got inspired by hearing about Jesus. Imagine that. Imagine the, the zeal that grew in her heart. Maybe the excitement that maybe, maybe, maybe I, I can get healed. Maybe. Maybe. Because what did she hear? <clears throat> what she heard was in Mark chapter 3, verse 10, the word of God says, speaking about Jesus, for he healed many so that as many had affliction pressed in about him to touch him. Maybe she heard that. Said, so, well, I, I could touch him too. If he's healing all those who have affliction, maybe it's for me. See, sometimes we think, oh, it's just for other people. No, it's for you and our families and our marriages and our loved ones. Maybe she heard about Luke 6, verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him, and he healed them all. I want to be in that all, she says. I want to be inspired. Maybe that's for me, not just for everyone else, but maybe for me. And sometimes our faith has to be our faith. We can't live on someone else's faith. We can't live on someone else's devotion. It's got to be our faith, our devotion, our knowledge of Jesus, praise God. And he leads us to that all the time. So this woman heard about Jesus. And what she started to do was she started to, to press into him by hearing about Jesus. <clears throat> Does God's words change us? Does it move us to live differently? <clears throat> do we get inspired by God's word? Do we get inspired when we hear things about Jesus? That's why those testimony nights and those things we pray in God are so important. We hear what God is doing. Why? Because we have nothing to do. No. So they inspire us. We give glory to God for what he's done, but they inspire us. And this woman was, was inspired. <clears throat> Praise God. What if she just stayed in her despair? 
What if she heard Jesus and said, ah, that's not for me. That's for the holy people. That's not. No, 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 no. See, you have a choice. And when you hear God's word, when you hear about Jesus, we can stay where we are. And we can stay in despair. We can stay discouraged. We can do, oh, woe's me and get this whole pity going. We can do that. Or there's something inside of us that says, get up. Get up. Come on. Jesus is walking by. Come on. He has got something for you. He's got something for you. And she just wasn't going to accept her circumstances and conditions any longer. <clears throat> She's not going to just accept the card she was dealt with, the Word of God says. She was not going to miss her miracle. Now listen, there's some things where we have to accept in this life. There's some things where by God's providence and, and God's will, things happen where we have to accept certain things. But we accept it with grace and mercy and peace and all the strength we have, absolutely. Maybe we wish things were differently, absolutely. But if they're not, it's God's will, it's okay, he's got it. He'll give you all the strength you need to get through those things. He'll give you all the hope you need, all the courage you need when things don't change. <clears throat> but there are some things that we don't have to accept, especially when God tells us not to, especially when he puts something in our heart that says, hey, listen, that Red Sea, you don't have to accept that Red Sea. I'll open it for you in faith. Hey, that Jordan River that's, that's blocking you right now, you step out in faith, I'll change that situation. I'll change it. You yell and shout around Jericho, don't be impressed by those walls. You take a step out in faith, I'll change that situation. See, there's some things where God wants us to wait and accept in grace and faith and mercy, praise God. What if, what if God inspires you? What if God inspires you to say, listen, that could be different. I don't want you to accept your limitations. If I put something on your heart that says you could do this or that, then don't accept those limitations that sometimes we have in ourselves because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, 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 diligently seek him, not half-hearted. Sometimes you throw up a five-second prayer to God, you expect him to change your life. Ain't going to happen. Diligently, Lord, I'm going to trust you, Lord God, no matter what. No matter what, no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, watch out what you see, watch out what you feel. Because <clears throat> we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. God, if you said it, if you told me, God, if it's in your word, Lord God, then it's a done deal, God. I believe it, Lord Jesus. Help my unbelief, Lord God. Help me believe it where strength grows in you, peace grows up in you, that even the joy grows up in you. Why? I know my God. I know my God. Yes, we have trials, and yes, we go through hell. Yes, we do. But you go through it knowing the power and love of Jesus Christ, and it makes all the difference in the world, praise God. <clears throat> See, sometimes, like this woman, faith was building up in her. She had to bring her need to the love of Jesus. What's your need today? What are you praying for? What's that burden on your heart for you or for family or for someone else? What, what's that thing that seems so impossible? Isn't it amazing sometimes when God gives a promise and we stand on that promise, all hell breaks loose to be opposite of that promise? See, sometimes God allows those things to happen to say, are you so willing to walk away so quickly? Are you willing to walk away and give up so quickly? No. We can't forget who we are. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, <clears throat> I'll be made well. In other words, I need to lay hold of Jesus. 
and accept nothing else. I need to lay hold <coughs> of Jesus. She decided to no longer be a victim of her infirmity. Listen to me. She decided, because of the inspiration of God's word, God leading her, to no longer be a victim of who she was, of who she used to be. She chose to be different. She chose to believe differently about herself. Well, maybe there's a possibility I can be healed if I, if I touch his garment, if I just get near him. <clears throat> Do we... Have we been down so long sometimes that we, we lost sight of the light? That we, we've gotten so used to a Christianity that kind of plateaus. We plateau in our faith sometimes. We believe God, but we get to a point where we've been the same in our level of faith for 10 years. We've been the same for five years. Some people have been the same for 20 years. And God says, no, I want you to go so much above that. But you've allowed your condition to kind of keep you at that certain level. And God says, no, 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 no. Try, apply my word, trust me, that I know what I'm doing, God says. Every, where we are today is a direct result of every decision you made yesterday. If you want things to be different tomorrow, you've got to make different decisions now. Now. Not tomorrow, not 12 weeks from now. Now, today, praise God. And sometimes in the face of debilitating limitation, she chose to move by faith. There was no reason why she should have done that. See, sometimes we have that, that passive faith where we trust God and we wait on God, especially if he says to, we wait patiently in faith, and that's good. But a lot of times God says, I want your faith to be active. I want your faith to initiate. I want you to step out in the things I told you to step out in, praise God. <clears throat> I want you to take a step to, to go forward. He says he wants us to have what I believe, uh, an audacious faith. You know what that word audacious means? It means daring. Bold, confident, a disregard of normal restraints. Hallelujah. What's restraining us? A disregard of normal restraints, <clears throat> not affected by impropriety, to be brazen. See, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaks about asking, seeking, and knocking. And those are very proactive things. It's not, they're not waiting things. Ask, seek, knock. Let your faith motivate that. Ask. Ask as a child of God. Ask as a son or daughter. Seek the things of God. Seek him. Search for him, praise God. And knock on God's heart, praise God. Those are initiating things. Have we stopped asking? And not just, Lord, you know, heal my runny nose. But God, save my family, Lord God. Save my family. Heal my family, Lord God. The big ask of God. Have we stopped asking? Have we gotten so normal? Have we gotten so that I could figure it out and then I'll believe it? No. I want to believe for those red seas in my life to open up. I want to believe for those, those walls to come down in Jericho. I want to believe that for my life, praise God. I don't want to limit God. So I think Psalm 71 said they limited the Holy One of Israel because they didn't believe him. God, I want to believe every word you say, Lord God. And if I believe every word you say, then I've got to step out in faith, God. And pray and speak and, and do what you put on my heart to do, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Having that audacious faith. Ask as a son. But what hinders us sometimes? I know this woman could have been hindered by 12 years of bleeding. I can understand that, yeah. And sometimes we face impossible things. Sometimes we face things that our, our, our heart would say, no way. It's been like this for so long. It's always going to be like this. And that's one of the greatest lies of the devil you can put on our heart. 
that it's always going to be the pain. It's always going to be the failure. You're, you're, you're a mess up. You'll never achieve this. You're just, God just has mercy on you, that's all. And sometimes we get through life like that, and we feel so low, and God says, no, no, no. No, I love you. I love you. God says, you're everything to me, praise God. See, what hinders our faith is sometimes the crowd of lies of the devil. He lies to us. Sometimes what hinders our faith is sometimes our own emotions when we bank too much on what we feel. Sometimes we, we believe it's okay for others, but not for me. And God will heal others. God will work in others, but, but not for me. I'm, you don't know my sin. You don't know my background. You don't know the things I've done. I love you, but that's all self-pity garbage. Get out of that. Stop that. See, sometimes what holds us back is we think God is mad at us or disappointed in us. And he walked away. He forgot about us sometimes. <clears throat> and sometimes we, we get so used to being a victim. And God says, no. See, sometimes we, yes, I have to accept some things. But the things that God says to not accept, you don't have to. What inspires you? What, what, what inspires you? What, the things that God put on your heart. And I say it lovingly because I say it to me too sometimes. What are you waiting for to stand in faith? What are you waiting for the, to do that ministry? What are you waiting for to serve all your heart in church? What are you waiting for to, to love unconditionally? I know fear gets in there. I understand that. But we can't let it hinder us. What are you waiting for to love fully, to put it all on the line in Christ, praise God? And if he tells you to do something, <clears throat> if he has showed you something in his word, then you do it with all your heart. And sometimes we have a, a, safety, a safety clause. If it doesn't work, I'm going uh, to back out. You know, it's so crazy. When my, my wife and I got married, <clears throat> before we got saved, uh, we were two crazy people, two independent people. We were nuts. We were crazy. God should have never put us together. Amen? And so we had a pact because we were so independent. I grew up so independent. She grew up so independent. And we had a pact. This is true. We had a pact. I said, listen, if it doesn't, we'll give it a year. If it doesn't work out... We'll just walk away. And that was our escape plan, to, to walk away from it. I said, what's the matter with you? Are you kidding me? But that was in our heart. If it doesn't work out, we could always walk away. See, with God, it will work out according to his will, praise God. And you don't have to walk away, amen? Because you could trust a holy God that he's working in even right now, praise God, amen? That pastor faith, watch out for that. See, what, what, is, what, what limits are you willing to accept? in your life, that God says, step forward, go through it. What limitations are you willing to accept? Listen, there's no way, <clears throat> there's no way 25 years ago to start Ladder World Church, there's no way we could do Ladder World Church and start a church. There's no way that God would use me to start a church. There is no way that God would do that. Because I was crazy and, and doing all these other things and God, God changed my heart. But even praying before God, I said, God, this, I can't do a church. I, come on, are you kidding, God? I could, I could name 12 people who could start a church right now, and it will be wonderful. But I saw all my limitations. I saw all the things that I said, I can't do that. I, I, I can't love them. I can't do that. I, I don't have the patience. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. God says, shut up. Shut up. Just trust me and follow me through and give me everything, praise God. See, God's going to ask you to do impossible things. And sometimes the impossible thing is right across your kitchen table. And that's okay. That's okay. God, 
I'm stepping forth in faith. I believe you for my marriage, my children, my, <clears throat> my family, my health, Lord God. The thing, my, my future. I'm believing you, Lord God. And I'm going to step forward in, in faith, Lord Jesus. See, what limits did God say to, to step out? To step out in faith. This woman was no longer willing to live less than what God had for her. Are you living less than what God has for you? Are you settled in? Are you getting comfortable sometimes in the, in the lethargy sometimes? And we do sometimes. And God says, no, there's a vibrant faith in you, I put. God says, I want you to, to get up and step out and, and start to trust God for those impossible things and, and to believe God, especially when he puts something on our heart. I had to trust God for the church because there was nothing in me. God, we step out. My wife and I prayed. We step out trusting you, God. All we want to do is glorify you, Lord God, and speak your word, Lord God. And every impossible situation, just like we sang today, every impossible situation he made possible. What's impossible to you? What, what's so hard to you right now? What's making you feel like giving up? What's making you feel like you can't do that? No. Get back in this word, praise God. Get back in prayer, back in your presence. God, if it's your will, Lord God, I believe it, Lord God, and I'm stepping out in faith in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <coughs> we know that all things are possible with God. See, sometimes it's only limitation if you accept it. If you accept it, praise God. Our faith is in an unstoppable, unlimited God. We step out in faith. He always makes a way. The other day I was, in, in the, uh, I was just leaving my house and parked in the street, and I was about to get in my car, start it, and, and go out. And I turned the car on, and I, I shifted the car, and I stepped on the gas, and I heard, rawr, rawr, rawr. I didn't realize the car was in neutral, and I had to put it in drive. See, maybe you've been in neutral for a long time, and all you hear is, rawr, 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 rawr. Maybe God's telling you, put the darn thing in drive and get going. Will you please, all right? You got to get in drive. Get out of neutral. We live a neutral Christian life sometimes. Get that life of God, that zeal of God that consumes us. And just walk out in faith. Don't worry how you look. Don't worry. Trust God. This woman pushed through that crowd. Doesn't matter how she looked or, or, or what she felt. Didn't matter at all. What matters is I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus. Sometimes faith is built in those in the darkness. Sometimes faith, as you heard of God, sometimes faith is built right in that dark place where you are sometimes, where there's no way out. Sometimes faith is built in those hopeless situations if we keep our eyes on God. Sometimes in the dark things of our life, God starts to stir us. He starts to stir us to say that there's light up ahead. Don't give up. Don't back off. There's light up ahead. It's okay. I got this, God says. Trust me. I got your life in my hands. I'm sovereign. I know what I'm doing. Go forward. Yeah, but God, I can't. Go forward. Yeah, but God, I don't have the ability. Yeah, go forward. Yeah, but God, I, you, you know my path. Go forward and trust God. And as you take that step of faith, he'll respond with miracles. I believe that with all my heart. He'll respond with strength and power and love. He'll respond to our, our steps of faith. The Word of God said in verse 28, she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, <clears throat> she spoke faith. Who was she speaking to? But if I just touched his garment, who was she speaking to? <clears throat> She's speaking to herself. 
She was speaking faith to herself. And sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Watch out for the answer. But sometimes you got to talk to yourself. And sometimes you got to speak faith to yourself. Because sometimes there's no one else around sometimes. And sometimes you go before God and say, God, you said, God. You said, God, if I just obey you, God. You said, Lord God. If I just, if I just start to love, Lord God, you would be there, God. If I just start to speak your word to someone, you'll be there, Lord God. If I just start to, to pray for that miracle of healing, God, you said you'd be there, Lord God. And I trust your will, whatever it may be, Lord God. If I start to love my spouse without holding back, Lord God, with all my heart, Lord God, that you would be there for a miracle in my family, Lord God. You'd be there for a miracle in our finances, God, that you would be there, Lord God, if I take that step of faith, obeying your word, Lord God. Obeying your word. But the last time he took a step of faith on the impossible. Oh, my Lord, I, I remember a story. <clears throat> I was listening to Billy Graham preach one time, and he told the story where there was this man, I think, over Niagara Falls, and he had a tight rope over Niagara Falls, and he walked over Niagara Falls, you know, with the tight rope, and then he got a wearabout, and he got a wearabout, and he put the wearabout before him, and he walked over Niagara Falls with the wearabout, <clears throat> and everybody's saying, wow, that's, <clears throat> that's great. You have great faith to do that and not fail. And everybody's saying, you have great faith. We have faith in you. And then he said, who'd like to get in the wearabout now? And nobody got in. Because they didn't really have faith. Immediately, the woman was healed. See, Jesus, she was unclean. But Jesus, when he was touched, according to culture, ritually, should have been unclean. And when Jesus touched, when she touched Jesus, ritually, according to the culture, he became unclean. And she became clean. And isn't that what Jesus does? Isn't that what he does when we touch him by faith? He takes our uncleanness. He takes our sin. He takes our filthy rags. And he takes it upon himself. Himself, our, our sin. He takes it upon himself to make us clean. See, we were all unclean in sin, caught in sin. But when we came to Christ in faith, when we repented, when we came to Christ in salvation and redemption, he made us clean. So you've got to believe that. Sometimes you're so down in yourself, you're not receiving his, his forgiveness and his making you clean. Sometimes you're so used to the past, you're so used to, to being down, and you've got to receive what Christ has done for you, and you've got to live like it, praise God. Not only receive it, but you've got to live like you're free, live like you're forgiven, live like you're clean, praise God. And that changes everything, praise God. Stop living like we, we're still unclean. We're still there. No, he made us clean, praise God. Word of God says in, in 2 Chronicles chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me get there. Oh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 21, the word of God says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, praise God. Amen? Oh, Ezekiel speaks of the same thing. Ezekiel 36, he says, verse 25, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you for my sake, and you shall be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, from all your idols, praise God. She was made clean. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We were made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. You receive that. Made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. That changed my life. Because I know what I've done, and you know what you've done. But when we come to him in faith,
makes us clean, washes us. A new beginning right now. Right now. Jesus, when she was touched, he said, who touched me? Who touched me? And the apostles who, they always kind of get it wrong. They always applied natural things to a supernatural God. And they said, well, what do you mean who touched you, Jesus? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's, everybody's thronging you. He said, no, 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 no. Someone, someone touched me. There's a difference between thronging and touching. A lot of people throng Jesus. Only one touch him by faith. See, it's easy to throng and just get a crowd going, get around Jesus and, and just kind of do all these things. But, but the difference between thronging and touching was faith. How many there touched him by faith? One. One. Enough boldness to, to touch him by, by faith. By faith. And I love that, that difference. He, he looked for her, not to reprimand her, but to affirm her. But she was so uh, trembling and worried because she could have been stoned at the time. Everybody thought she was still unclean. She could have been stoned. But here's Jesus, and he comes to her and says, daughter. Wow. Daughter. Daughter. She's been alone for 12 years. No one even spoke to her for 12 years. No one hugged her or touched her for 12 years. No one wanted anything to do with her for 12 years. Here comes Jesus. Daughter. Whew. Imagine how she felt when she heard that. Compassion and grace. And not only was she healed, but she was restored to society and family and relationships. Praise God. Brittany, you can come up, please. She was restored to society. She was restored to the family and relationships. Wow. Wow. How amazing is that? Praise God. So I'm going to ask you today, are you thronging Jesus or, or touching him? Faith. Lord, well, help my faith, God. Help me to, to step out in faith, Lord Jesus, to trust you, God, to, to no, no, no longer accept, God, the limitations I put on myself, Lord God, but to bring every limitation I have to you, Lord God. And I give it to you, and I, and I put it in your hands, Lord Jesus. Every limitation I have, God, every, every doubt I have, Lord Jesus. And sometimes God asks us, <clears throat> what, what, what are you waiting for? <clears throat> what are you waiting for? To step out. What are you waiting for to, to trust him and step out in faith and to live like you've never lived before with such a peace and joy and zeal of God? Trusting your God, no longer under the circumstances, but, in, but more than an, an overcomer, praise God. To live with a joy and peace, even when we go through hell, even when we go through weary times and we're weary, yes, we are. But in those weary times, he says, arise, get up. I got you. I'll give you strength. Take that step. I, I'll be there. With all that you need, patience, strength, courage, blessing, I'll, I'll be there. He says, stop, stop waiting for me to do that thing. I'll, I'll be there. But get up. It's time to get up. Time to get that zeal going. Time to love fervently. It's time to give fervently. It's time to do those things that God put on your heart with all of your heart, a desperate faith, a faith that resists the obstacles like this woman so he asked, what are, what are you waiting for? To serve him with all your heart and not holding back at all. What are you waiting for to, <clears throat> to do that ministry that God put on your heart such a long time ago? What are you waiting for to, to share the gospel with so many people? What are you waiting for to, to speak to that loved one in that desperate situation, to love them through? What are you waiting for to, to reconcile that situation that you've been kind of holding back on 
because you think you have control over that. What are you waiting for? To, to press in to know him more, to press in to love him more, to press in to worship him more, to press in to praise him more with all of your heart. There's one thing I learned a long time ago. If I'm going to do something, whether it's, it's sin or for God, and years ago sin, I'm going to do it all my heart. I sin with all my heart, and I'm going to love God with all my heart these days. Praise God. Amen. With all your heart. Stop holding back. I understand the fears. I understand the limitations. I understand that. But when God says go, when God put that thing in your heart, you better get up and go, praise God. Because not only will he be glorified, but he wants to bless you and take care of those things that are important on your heart, the things you pray for, loved ones, praise God. Arise, shine. For your light has come, praise God. And to know that you are clean by his touch. By his touch, that you are clean. It's a new beginning, praise God. Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Paul spoke, and my speech was, <clears throat> and my speech and my preaching were not with pervasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. In the power of God. Let that sink in for a minute. We're going to pray. Let that sink in for a minute. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What's that thing that you need to touch Jesus about? What's that desperate faith that you have that, Lord, I need to bring this to you? Lord, I need to bring this thing to you, Lord God. <clears throat> what have you got to get to Jesus about? What have you, have you decided to live a lesser life? Have you decided, Lord, help my faith, God. Help my faith. Can you receive that you are clean? That you were clean by the blood of Jesus Christ? Can you receive it and live like it, praise God? Can you receive that? What do you need to bring to Jesus? Do you need him to stir your faith? Do you need him to inspire that faith? Do you realize that you've been kind of hanging for so long? God, it's time to arrive. It's time to get on with this thing, God. It's time to love you with all my heart. It's time to, to love my spouse, love my family with all my heart, Lord God. No more hindrances, no more obstacles, Lord Jesus. It's time to go forward in Jesus' name. So what do you need to bring to Jesus? And what we're going to do is we're just going to open up these altars right now. <clears throat> and if that's you, if there's someone said, Lord, I've I got to bring this to you, God. Oh, Lord, I need you to, to help my faith, Lord God. Oh, God, I need you to let me know, God, the limitations, God, with your strength, God, they, they can't stop me any longer, Lord God. And I want to live like I'm forgiven, God. I want to live like I'm clean, Lord Jesus. I need a new touch today, God. You need to touch Jesus about something? I'm going to have the, 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 the leadership pray. But if that's you, just come and stand in the front. Just get out of your seat. And sometimes, you know what? You've got to get out of your seat. Sometimes you have to take that step of faith, even physically, even right now. And just come before him right now.